0: Hey, Bob here, and welcome back to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast, where we give network marketers the mindset, strategies, and skills that you need to build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, Bob here. Welcome back to the show, episode 203, another live coaching session, a recording of a session that I did actually with Joni, who was one of our students inside of our Legacy Leadership Academy. Today's session, I promise, is gonna be really impactful for so many of you. I'm gonna to talk to you about how your value as a leader in your business is not determined by other people's success. So many of you right now, without realizing this, you have attached your self-worth and value as a person and as a leader To the success or failure of the people on your team. This is a big problem. See, in this live coaching session, you'll hear me chat with Joni. Some really important things come up. See, when we start the session, you'll hear Joni thinks her problem was that she's in a recruiting slump, right? Over the last year, she shared she had only recruited three people. She's built a very successful business, she's literally been in our company for 10 years. So she's been very successful, but over the last year, she's really struggled. She struggled recruiting. She struggled having confidence with working with new people. She didn't understand why. And as I started digging a little deeper, working her through the formula like we do in all these sessions, here's what we found out is that Joni's problem had nothing to do with her inability to recruit or find people. It wasn't a tactical issue. It was a belief issue. See, the mistake that Joni had made without even realizing it that so many of you do is over time, things happened to her in her business. People failed. She had negative things happen, interactions with people that over time, she formed an opinion about herself. She created a story about herself and her business that was limiting her, and that was the thing that was keeping her from the results that she wants. You know, one of the examples I thought was really impactful she talks about it, a, an interaction that she had with someone on her team literally 10 years ago that still to this day stood with her, where she had someone on her team that admittedly she has a great relationship with today, but she had an, an interaction with this person that caused her to question herself and whether she was being a good leader. And here she was 10 years later, could recount that incident in a matter of a second, not realizing it that she was carrying with her today. Another thing that happened is she had certain people on her team. That lost rank and fell backwards and she took that personally thinking she failed them as a leader. It's my job to keep people successful. She had people that she recruited that didn't succeed and fail. See, here's what happens to all of us over time. Things happen. And because we possess these limiting beliefs about ourselves, we only allow ourselves to notice the negative. And every time we notice the negative, we just add on to that story that limits ourselves, even though Joni has had success. That's not the thing that she was focusing on most of the time. See, the thing that I tell Joni in the session and that I want to share with you is that the reason why this thing that I teach called Love, Serve, Grow is so important is we must learn how to become aware of the thoughts and the beliefs and the stories that are in our mind. And we must consciously in the moment let go of the fear and the scarcity and the limiting stories that we've created about ourselves, Because here's the thing, just like Joni has, you can create success from fear and scarcity. But here's the problem, all you will ever do is attract more of that in your life. See, so many of you are creating success from a limiting place of fear and scarcity, but all you're attracting is more of that into your life. See, fear and scarcity will never allow you to actually enjoy the success that you create for yourself. It will never allow you to feel good about it. You'll always feel like an imposter. You have to constantly go out and prove yourself to the world and to your team, working harder and harder, sacrificing, never actually enjoying all of the fruits of your labor. See, it's really easy for me to tell when somebody's still creating from fear and scarcity because the more successful they become, the harder they feel like they have to work because they're afraid of losing it all. They feel like they need to prove themselves to their team, prove their worth. Look, I'm telling you right now, You must choose love, and all love is, it's recognizing and affirming your own value and worth is not rooted in what you do, it's rooted in who you are, and if you can create from a place of love and abundance, not scarcity, it allows you to begin to enjoy and relax into your success. When somebody fails, you don't make it mean anything less about you, it doesn't cause you to question yourself because you are rooted in the value of what you have to offer the world, and just because somebody else fails, it doesn't mean that it was your fault because be honest with yourself. When someone fails on your team, is it really your fault? Can you make someone successful, even if you wanted to? No. So this is going to be an incredibly important session for so many of you, helping you to really come to the realization and adopt the belief that your value as a leader in your business does not depend on other people's success. You are not responsible for their success. You are responsible to their success. So here's the session that I did with Joni. I know you are absolutely going to love it. So let me kick it right over to that, and you can hear uh, hear the conversation. So why don't you give me a little bit of an idea of how I might be able to help you today?
1: Sure. Um, so I have the circumstance of low recruiting, and I sat down and went through the formula sheet with that, and there were a lot of thoughts that came up with that. And when I screenshotted it to Megan, she said, you need to be, I think Bob needs to help you. <laughs> So yeah. we talked through some things yesterday, um, I have a lot of red light stories around low recruiting. I've been a director of my company for 20 years and I've had a lot of success, but a plateau is a plateau, no matter where you're at. And I've really been at a plateau recruiting for several years. I'll bring people in and out, you know, but nothing that is producing a lot of growth. I'm very thankful we've been able to maintain the directorship um I've been able to coach and help other ones in my unit become successful, but i just i need to grow and I want to go to that next level, and that's what it's going to take. I just need to get around these red light stories.
0: The issue for you is that you can't seem to personally sponsor anybody that creates success for themselves.
1: That's correct, like I'll bring someone in and then they don't do anything, but I know it's just in numbers i know enough coaching techniques that, you know, I could talk myself through that, but my behavior doesn't change. Like, I know that it's just in the numbers. And if I had more numbers, then I would, you know, see people that don't move and don't have success and others that do, I just don't have enough people coming in. And so I can kind of talk myself through that. But at the same time, I'm not making the effort to have more numbers. And it's easier for me to bring people in on my team rather than personally even. And I've brought people in on my team that have been in before and that's comfortable and easy, but talking to new people and bringing in, you know, people that I've established as customers over the last several years and talking to them about the opportunities that's happening. I'll tell you some red light stories that I wrote down, there are several. Well, well,
0: let me ask you this first. So over the last 12 months, How many people have you personally sponsored into your business? Do you have any sense of what that number would be?
1: Yeah, three.
0: Okay. And it sounds to me like it's that's a byproduct of just lack of effort.
1: Yeah, and they reach out to me or they come in really just to service a few friends and families they're not necessarily interested in really running with the business. so.
0: So you're not taking the action of personally prospecting? No. Okay. What's one of the red light stories that's leading you let's think about the formula. We know that the actions that we take or don't take are influenced by the way that we feel, which our feelings are created by the stories we tell ourselves or our beliefs. So I know if you're not taking action prospecting, then there's only one reason for that. There is some sort of a limiting belief or a red light story that's behind that. So what do you think? What are some of the stories that are behind that for you?
1: Well, one of the things that I said, some of the thoughts I had was, um, I don't want to, my drive, because I'm a driven person. We talked about this yesterday, that I have succeeded in other things, but the thing that we came down to was they're all controlled risks. I'm successful when it comes to things I can control the risk. I don't want to take the drive that I have to put me to the point where people are just numbers and their potentials and they're not people. and. I've seen other people in our company do that and it seems that way to me and I've felt like a number at times and Megan asked me that if I ever felt that way and I have what if I disappoint them? I've had some of my consultants confront me you know in some key times in my life and that disappointment of letting them down is you know it's hard because I am very compassionate and you know what if they return product and quit and charge back and you know what if I don't have a simple onboarding system, I don't this, I don't this. And I can, yeah. creative avoidance, I'm great at it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Can you, give me, can you give me an example of one time where in your mind you let down one of your consultants, what happened?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, one of the key times, and we've since worked through it. Um, she's one of my key players now and she's stayed with me and we worked through it. But I remember when I had my second born and that's been, you know, that's been over 10 years ago. And I mean, he's a tween (laughs) and I remember nursing him and holding him in my arms and she called me and I answered the phone call and she just laid into me about how I wasn't there for her. And I'm sitting here holding a newborn and thinking, um, I'm doing the best I can, (laughs) you know? And, um, so that was a key thing that, you know, I have since worked through it, but that was one I remember that, Mm. you know, where I felt like I really disappointed.
0: Let's talk about that. What did you make that mean about yourself?
1: Um, that I couldn't handle being a top leader and have a family hmm. and manage it all.
0: And how did that influence your actions moving forward?
1: Well, for us, it took a while for us to actually rebuild our relationship. And really, since then, my recruiting has been low.
0: But how did, um, I'm curious to see how did that influence the relationship between your business and your personal life? And have, you know, adopting that belief in that moment. Can you look back today and see any patterns? Like, do you struggle with finding balance between those two things? Or do you feel guilty when you're doing one versus the other? Do you, do you feel like you've got a good control over having boundaries around when you do and don't work and feeling okay about that?
1: I mean, my kids are older now and I do to some extent, but I still think I'm afraid of the chaos that stretching myself to more activity produced in my mind, I considered a chaos. I can remember when I would, you know, leave when they were young and they would ask me not to leave. And, you know, that was hard. And then, you know, my husband is very busy and he would come home and I would have to leave, but he'd be late and I'm late getting to my people. And, you know, there's dinner and there's all this chaos yeah, that's yeah, yeah. created. You know, and so I got a mommy helper and that helped for a while, but you know, it's still that struggle of, of balancing, I think.
0: Yeah. But you know, what's so interesting to me is, um, 10 years later, you, this still, this one interaction still is very clearly held in your mind. Like it didn't take you very long to come up with that. So it's clearly something that's affected the way that you look at yourself in your business as it pertains to leadership. And I bet you if you connect the dots here, there are several instances like this. You can't not have instances like that as long as of a career you've had that have probably formed this kind of limiting belief and red light story you have with yourself as a leader. What I'd invite you to do in this moment, Joni, is take a look back to that situation and look at it objectively for a moment. So you have someone on your team that got upset with you because you had less time for her business because you gave birth to a child that you were caring for, which in the order of priorities, which one is more important, your newborn child or your business?
1: That's a no-brainer, my newborn child.
0: Right. So what happened was you had somebody who got angry at you In that moment for honoring your own priorities in your life. That's what it felt like. That's what happened. Yeah. So whose problem is that? Yours or hers?
1: That's her problem.
0: Right. Because guess what? Your priorities are yours. They're no one else's. You don't need someone else to understand your priorities. But look what happened. You didn't choose to interpret that particular circumstance that way. You chose a red light story where you made that thing make you feel less than about yourself as a leader, which 10 years from now, 10 years later, you still are holding on to whether you realize it or not.
1: Yeah. It's interesting because we're, we're great friends now. Like I've, we've worked through all that and she lets me coach her. She's my number one performer in my unit now.
0: It has nothing to do with your personal relationship with her. It has everything to do with the beliefs that you formed about yourself as a leader in your business.
1: Hmm. I never thought about that before. I just always thought since our relationship is good, it was all good.
0: It's not about the personal relationship. It's about the story that you've created for yourself in your business that's influencing the way you show up. See, what happens is we'll have things like this happen over the course of our career and it will cause us to, to develop this belief or story as it pertains to us being a leader in our business that does not serve us, one that, like, we have to be there all the time, constantly demonstrating our value as a leader and proving ourselves to our team that we are worthy of these accomplishments that we have. It's all a lie. It's just not true. It's not honoring the priorities that you have in your life. And it's not creating a life of freedom. It's certainly not creating a life of personal freedom. Look, if you can't allow yourself to not be working and be totally okay with that and not anxious or worried about what you're not doing, that's not personal freedom in your life. Now, this is unfortunately the place that most people lead from. We create from scarcity and fear. We have a core story about ourself that that is limiting. And that leads us as we become more successful. We're constantly out there working harder and harder, feeling like we have to prove ourselves to the world. You'll become financially successful, but you'll feel like an imposter and a fraud, and you won't be able to enjoy it. You relate to any of this?
1: Yeah, I mean, and I've had multiple, you know, instances even in the last couple of years. Two directors stepped down. I was, you know, that was that was very difficult to manage emotionally. (laughs) And so, yeah, I totally can relate. I do feel sometimes, you know, you've talked about imposter and belief and, you know, trying to prove that I'm worthy speed of the leaders, the speed of the gang work, 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 you know, like these philosophies that we somehow embrace that it's like defines our leadership. And, and I just, I know that's not true, but there's that gap between knowing and working from here.
0: I think the the clarification is you understand it's not true, but you don't know it yet. Understanding is logically you understand that. But the thing is, is your beliefs will always override your logic. Knowing is a shift in belief. So when you say you had a couple of directors step down, what does that mean that they quit or they, they left your team? What does that mean?
1: So at my company, we have spring directors. And so I was a senior sales director. And um, so they stepped down and I absorbed their unit into my unit.
0: They just left the business?
1: No, they're still in my unit. And they still, one is more of a personal use, like she just orders for herself. And when other, you stepped down,
0: you mean they just lost qualification, kind of? She
1: just lost her rank
0: yeah. So she yeah stepped yeah. down and I she, yeah, okay. so
1: she's still a consultant in my unit. And the other one is actually has stayed in her rank as far as she's not a director, but she's just a couple steps down from a director and still a performer in my unit. And, you know, we're still all still good friends.
0: What was the story that you created around that happening?
1: <laughs> um, the first thing that popped in my head. So I'll just say that is that I wasn't performing to six digits to the level that I needed to do to show them that it was possible to not, you know, to make this successful. Like I wasn't doing what I needed to do to show them that directorship was successful.
0: So you were the reason why they failed?
1: I felt like I was part of the reason. Okay. You know, since then, I've learned that their priorities and their shifts and and what they need to do for their families is really what led to that decision. But in those first few months, you know, that was difficult. I even thought about pursuing another company and, you know, it's just, it was hard.
0: Yeah. How many, you know, I'm curious for people that are on here now watching, how many of you do that? How many of you, when someone on your team fails, whether it's a new recruit that you sponsor that does nothing or somebody that, you know, just on your team that loses rank or something bad, like how many of you, attach yourself to that failure, make it mean something less about you. I mean, this is a very common thing that we do. I think if you're in the moment right now, if I were to ask you, Joni, like, honestly, like, you know, not from your head, but from your heart answer, are you the reason why people succeed and fail in, in your business?
1: No. Who,
0: what, who, who, who are, who's responsible for their success?
1: They're responsible. I can mentor them, but they're ultimately responsible.
0: Right. You can't do the work for them. No. You've built a successful business in your career. You've had lots of people that have succeeded, haven't you? I have. How much time do you spend focusing on those people versus the ones that didn't make it?
1: A lot. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I do tend to want to save everybody, you know, and I, I need to get past that. You know, I can't just.
0: Your focus has been more negative than positive. Otherwise, you wouldn't find yourself in the place you are today. Like if you were crystal clear every day telling yourself a green light story that you absolutely had a gift to offer people and look at all the people that you've been able to change their lives by simply introducing them to this company and guiding them, you would have the confidence you needed to get out there and share this with people.
1: Yes, because I believe in the product. It's not that. I really do think it has to do with my leadership and how I feel like I've let people down.
0: Yeah you just don't believe in yourself right now.
1: That's hard to say, but yes.
0: <laughs> but just chew on that for a second. Given where you are in your business and your career and how far you've come and how many people you've helped. How does it sound to hear you yourself say I don't believe in myself?
1: Well, it sounds ridiculous.
0: <laughs> Why?
1: I've even had my husband say that. He's, Joni, I just don't get why you think that way because I see you one way and then you, you, you say this. And I'm like, I know.
0: Why is it ridiculous?
1: Because I have helped people. I mean, I have encouraged and I've learned to coach people to success. I'm capable of doing it. Uh-huh. If people want me to coach them.
0: Right. And if somebody fails, it's just because they weren't willing. But the key is just finding people who are. And when you do, you are 100% capable of giving them what they need to be successful. You've done it time and time again.
1: But I sometimes act like I don't know what I'm doing, but I really do.
0: That's simply a byproduct of a core red light story about yourself. See, here's the thing. So I'll just tell all of you this. I mentioned on Mindset Monday that we've got a big announcement next Mindset Monday that I'll be making. I'll give all of you a sneak peek on it today because you're here we're completely redoing the formula for transformation and we're creating a version 2.0 of the program that in my mind is going to be light years better than what it is today. It's good, right? Don't get me wrong, but it's about to become a lot better because over the last year of teaching this and coaching people on it and understanding kind of where the short comings are where people struggle with the implementation and the practice side of it. We've learned a lot and so we're recreating the program in a whole different way. It is going to be so much more usable. It's going to be really built upon the whole like red light green light story. How do I change from one to the other? We're going to give you a practical step-by-step approach of doing that. But here's the one thing that I've identified is that what it really comes down to and I think Joni this will help you is it really comes down to this one core story that we hold in our business, which is about ourselves. What is the core story that you are telling yourself about yourself on a daily basis? The thing is, is that you don't have to tackle every single red light story, right? Because it can become a little overwhelming because it's like there's so many of them and you're like just peeling back layer after layer and you're like, is this this ever going to end? See, I found if you can attack, if you can shift one core story that can be the first domino that topples them all. And the only one you have to really truly master is the story you tell yourself about yourself. And you're either telling yourself a red light story about yourself that's based in fear and scarcity and not being enough where you compare yourself to others and you play the victim and there's a lot of blame. There's the negative side. Or you're telling yourself a story about yourself that's rooted in love and worthiness and abundance where you're not comparing, you're accepting. You're not wishing you're somebody that you weren't. You're acknowledging the miracle of your own existence. You're honoring who you are. And what's interesting, and you've all heard me do this coaching before, no matter what red light story you give me, when we start peeling back the layers, what does it always come to? It always comes to this one core story, either scarcity or worthiness, love or fear. So if we can learn how to shift that, if we can start with a, Core green light story about ourselves. And you're giving it to yourself right now. The red light story, our core red light story will tell us we're worthy because of what we do. Our green light story tells us we're worthy because of who we are. We're worthy because we exist, that we don't need somebody to say yes to feel better about ourselves. We don't need a level of accomplishment to feel more worthy or whole. So the reason why people struggle with the formula is they're like, it can't be that simple, Bob. Like, it can't be that simple, like you literally just do the opposite, but it is that simple. That's actually the reason why people struggle with it. See, what you need to do, Joni, you need to identify first what this core red light story that you've been telling yourself about yourself is. You've been saying it out loud, but I want you to write it down because when you start writing it, it's going to seem even more ridiculous to you right? You're uttering words that sound ridiculous. I don't believe in myself. You're like, well, that doesn't make much sense if I'm objectively looking at my life and what I've done. But as you write it out, it's going to get more ridiculous. And you're going to be really surprised at some of the things that are in your head that you think about yourself, a lot of which have been completely unconscious. Now, in the new program, we're going to walk you through the steps of how to do this, right? But you already have the skill, just write it out. Once you have it, Acknowledge that it's not serving you and then say, okay, it's my job to find a different perspective. If I were somebody that truly believed that I was worthy because of who I am and that I accepted myself, if I came from a place of love, that if that was who I was, how would I view these circumstances of my life differently? So it's almost like you're creating an alter identity for yourself. That you can go back to and always ask yourself, how would that version of Joni perceive this particular situation? And that's the choice you make, is you can choose this path or you can choose that path. And if you can start with the core story, it gives you the filter to be able to work through all these other red light stories. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I know what my core story is. It's been, I figured it out about six years ago, and it's something that I've been trying to live out. Because it's something I face every day and no matter, you know, what challenges are. And that's that, you know, I realized several years ago through some counseling that my identity was wrapped up in my performance because I got my attention from my dad if I got straight A's or I was, you know, doing X. (laughs) Um, I was, you know, succeeding in whatever. Because I can remember I was captain of my cross-country team and he never saw me run but he came to my National Honor Society induction. And so that was a key thing that helped me realize where that performance identity came from. But then I realized where my identity truly is rooted. And I'm a woman of faith. So I know it's in what God says about me. But you've helped me realize the key thing that I don't think that I've been doing is actually writing out in my head, I say what I say and then what God says about me. And I've never sat down and actually written what I'm saying about myself and then what God says about me relating to that. And that's the new story I need to start writing about myself. Yeah. And I just need to sit down and write it. <laughs> yeah.
0: I would argue it is the most important piece. If you're not writing it down, it's not going to transform your life. And it, this is more than just a theory. This is rooted in brain science. Brain science studies on on the brain because, you know, we're learning a lot more about the brain and the way that it works. Brain science shows that if you actually write down a thought or idea, it activates the part of your brain, it's called the prefrontal cortex, that is necessary for the creative and growth process. So by writing something down, you're actually lighting up a part of your brain that will give you the ability to create a different or better future. The problem that most of us have is we try, think of it like this. We try to solve the problem by the same means that we created it. We created the problem in our mind. Look, your mind is not there to help you. It is there to protect you. It is there to make sure you feel safe. And guess what? Striving for your dreams is not a comfortable, safe thing. So, it's always going to make you pull back. So, you got to get it out of your head. The other thing that happens when you write these down, both the red light and the green light story, is it creates this powerful sense of separation, Joni. As you write, especially with the red light story, as you write it out, you really start to detach from it because you start to recognize it for what it is. First of all, it's a lie. And you can clearly see that when it's out of your head. But then you recognize, what is a story? Our beliefs are just a story. And what is a story? It's just a bunch of words. Like, that's what thoughts are. Thoughts are just words. They're just letters that go through our mind. They're just interpretations. But what happens is, is we collect all these thoughts. We weave them into this really intricate story. And we tell it to ourselves so long, it literally becomes a part of who we are. And we just accept it as true. We never even question it. It dictates everything in our life. And then when we finally start to challenge that, we create this space, the analogy that I use, this is going to be taught in the new program. It's almost like your entire life, you've been looking down at the number six. And that number six represents your core red light story of limitation that you've been telling yourself about yourself ever since you were a kid, that your sense of self-worth is rooted in what you do, not who you are. That you've got to achieve in order to receive love and appreciation from the people that matter to you the most, which leads you to being successful because you're, you know, you become an achiever. But the problem is you never get what you're actually looking for. And it creates this, this existence that's just not a pleasurable one. What, what the formula is going to give you permission to do is it's going to create a level of awareness that you can see a different perspective. And you can step to the side and realize that the six that you've been looking at your whole life, that has literally defined every thought, feeling, and action you've taken, actually is a nine. And that nine at first will frustrate you because you'll be like, wait a minute. So I've lived my whole life thinking that I was a six. And now you're telling me that I could be a nine. And then you're going to say, well, wait a minute. What could this mean about my life? What could my future be like if I could just decide? that I'm going to let go of the old story, that I'm a six, and I'm going to step into the nine story, that I am worthy, that I am capable. What are the implications that this has for how you can transform your life are limitless, but it's a decision, a conscious decision you have to make to choose to see that other perspective. This is why writing it down is so important, Joni, because that's how the mastery, that's the process of mastering your mind. So the good news is this, you already have the awareness, you've had it for a very long time, but it's it's something right now that you understand, but you don't know it because you haven't practiced it. It's not a part of who you are. But here's the good news the process of transformation is going to happen very quickly for you when you do this because you already have this level of awareness. So you just have to commit to the actual practice. That's all.
1: You said something that was that kind of started to bring tears to my eyes because, you know, when you realize you could have been a nine all these times, you know, all these years. One of the feelings that I had was that I'm sad I'm still dealing with this form of lack of belief and scarcity. And I even wrote this down because loving and leading well can mean loss. And that's okay because I don't want to let it stop me from influencing the one person I could change their life, even if it's just for one. I've always even said that if it's just for one. And yeah, it's sad. And you know, it's time to become that nine and allow God to use me the way he wants to and influence the people he has for me to touch.
0: Yeah. And I bet if that were the thing, if you wrote that out and really got clear on that and you told yourself that story every day with emotion and feel like you truly felt that, could you see how that would influence the way that you showed up? And maybe, just maybe you probably have a better chance of actually reaching out and connecting and sharing with people from that place. Yeah. That's what the practice of the formula does is it helps you manufacture those feelings, right? You know, it's interesting because, you know, I've been working on this new version of the formula. So like a lot of these things are fresh in my mind and you said something. And one of the, one of the things that people will say, and you're, you didn't say this, but I just want to make this distinction because I know we have other people who are strong in their faith and they believe in a higher power and whether that's God or whoever that might be. I've had people say, Bob, I struggle with this idea when you say love yourself, right? Like loving yourself. Like I feel like at times that's at odds with what I believe in, in my faith. The way that I explain that is I say, Well, you have to understand it from this perspective. If you believe that you were created by God or some higher power, then you were created in his image. So what is loving yourself? It's just acknowledging and accepting and loving the creation that is he, you are, you know, he is in you. His perfect love is in you. And it's it's just recognizing that. And I think that when we recognize that, then by default, we have to admit that we have that same creative power within us. And if we're not exercising that every day, this is why we feel stuck. And this is why we feel unfulfilled in our lives, because we're not reaching and stretching and growing. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to grow. How do we grow? not through selling we grow through being in service of others that's what we're being called to do this is what love serve grow is all about and you know that like you know that in your heart it's who you are but for some reason that conversation hasn't been the focus of you as you step into your business and do the things that you need to do
1: yeah well feeling safe and the self preservation is a real thing and i think you think writing this green light story will help with that what your brain tries to do like to keep you safe <laughs>
0: let's talk about that right now. Is it possible for you to feel safe? Is it serving your God-given purpose, you wanting to feel safe? No. Why? What is wanting to feel safe? What is that?
1: Well, it protects me from being hurt, you know, from disappointing people from...
0: What do you mean disappointing people?
1: Well, you know, like I said earlier, just that self-protection and you know, our brains, like if we get out of our comfort zone and I can get out of my comfort zone, like we talked about this yesterday, you know, I did a fitness competition and I ate the same thing for five weeks. And, you know, I started a a card ministry, but all those things were things that I had control over, you know, that I could reach out and do a little bit, but when it's reaching out and calling someone about my opportunity or, stretching myself and feeling uncomfortable you i know that our brains naturally just cognitively we just protect ourselves and we're like no you don't need to do that you've you know you've not done this before and just stay comfortable and you're doing all right and
0: and where does that come from
1: well i mean it's definitely a red light story
0: (laughs) it comes from fear yeah and what is fear it's the absence of love so there's only one of two choices that we make in every, dis- every moment. We either act from love or fear. So if we're acting from fear, then that means it's really just an unmanaged mind. It's us falling victim of the, of the same negative patterns that have kept us stuck in the past. There's no truth to it all, right? You've heard me talk about what fear is. Fear is just imagining a negative outcome for something you haven't even done yet. You know, you're like, I'm going to disappoint people. They're going to Well, there's no way you could possibly know that. But that's the story that we create that keeps us from doing it. I would argue this is that your desire to not want to disappoint people has probably caused you to be disappointed in the most important person in the world, which is yourself.
1: Yeah, I am because I I know there are people I could serve with not only my business, but a book I want to write. I mean, there are ways that I minister to people that when God puts them in my path, I know that He uses me and And I know that I have kept myself, one person said in the chat, you know, staying safe keeps us small. And I've kept myself small out of just self-preservation. And I don't want to do that anymore because I I want to live as a nine and leave a legacy, don't we all, you you know?
0: You know what it comes down to for me, Joni, is you're not practicing your faith right now. Because the practice of faith is demonstrated through courageous action. You can be a faithful person, but not practice your faith. See, God God is, is requiring you to take action. Now that's that's how you, a
1: little hard to hear because well, we that's can... how
0: you, I mean, how do we honor God, right? We honor God by making the most of what he's placed inside of us, our gifts, right? We share our gifts with the world in service of others. And, you know, we grow to try to reach our full potential. That's how we honor him is through the work that we do, which requires us to do what? Take action. We only take action through growth. Now, taking action requires courage. Courage is the demonstration of faith. You're falling victim of fear. Now, that might be a very powerful green light story for you to adopt, especially as a person of faith. That's a whole new level of accountability that I could certainly never give you in this program. I mean, that's that's coming from the master distributor of your life. So why not as a person of faith? Why not hold yourself accountable to that standard?
1: the standard green light story of. of
0: taking courageous action every day down the path of your purpose. Because the one thing I know for certain is if you are on the path of your bigger purpose in life, you will feel uncertainty every step of the way, because what is God calling you to do to step into a higher calling, a new level to be more? And anytime we're pushing to be more, we're doing things we've never done, which is scary, which is uncertain. It Our desire to want to be in control is the number one thing that kills our growth because we don't stretch and we don't do. Control comes from fear, which leads us to a sales mindset. You've had a lot of sales conversations with me, don't want to feel like a number, don't want to. These are all indications of a core belief of fear, which leads us to thinking more in sales you've got to step into service, which comes from love, which is a byproduct of the process that we're talking about.
1: Now, why is it that you can take courageous action in certain parts of your life, but in others you don't?
0: Well, I think it comes down to a lot of times we have an identity for ourselves in one part of our life that serves us. And, but we have in our business, we have one that doesn't, right? So like over time, You've created an identity for yourself. You have a belief about who you are in your business that has slowly been eroded because of these things that have happened that you've kind of attached yourself to. Like, here's the thing about belief. It's not all encompassing. You can have really strong belief in one area of your life, but lack it in another. The problem is, is we never, a lot of times we don't recognize that here's the good news about this. If you come back to that one core story, if you start there and then that becomes the context from which you approach every other circumstance, you say, okay, so how would somebody that was living life believing they were a nine, how would that person interpret this particular situation? And that becomes the filter, which helps you move through it. My advice would be Joni, as a person of faith, that there's an additional layer to that core green light story of it being a nine, which is tied to your faith and God's will and things like that. And I think that will help you, that will help you become more aligned with that story, which is important. There needs to be alignment. It needs to be a story that's meaningful to you, that feels purposeful to you, that you can, if you know if you're acting from that place. That's giving you the power that you need. Yeah. But the biggest missing piece for you is this simply just writing it down.
1: Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, all the creative avoidance and the no growth and all that is just a result of me not having the green light story that would produce a different action. You know, going back and writing down the truth to fight the lie and really writing it down. It's not, I mean, I've said it in my head, I've taught it to other people, but I don't know that I have really intentionally consistently done that for myself.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's, what's necessary. Is that helpful?
1: Yes. It's very helpful. A lot for me to think about.
0: Yeah. You're going to need to go back and Megan, can we make, I see Megan's on her. Megan, can we please make sure that this replay gets sent out to everybody? This was a very important discussion that we had and, um, I think everybody in the Freedom Hacker program needs to hear this session. Um, so can we please you know, reach out to me afterwards so that we can put a little context to it? But, Joni, I want to thank you for sharing today. I mean, this was really powerful. This was a very important conversation. And I want to acknowledge you for your vulnerability and for your willingness to receive this coaching, because I know it's not an easy thing to to put yourself out there in this way. So I just want to acknowledge you for your courage in this area. And, and that's, a, I know that's a really big thing. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So here's where the rubber hits the road for you, right? I want you to watch this replay. I want you to flesh out, identify that red light story. Cause you really need to see it. You need to be able to make that connection to these things that you've believe that, that just aren't true. And, and like, when you write it out, you'll be like, man, there's, You know, here's what, here's like, I remember the first time I did this, the first thought that I had was, I remember thinking, geez, it is a miracle that I've even been able to create any level of success with all of these things going on in my head. And then we see them, we're like, okay, so that's clearly not serving me anymore. So let me, let me invite myself in the moment to step around and see this six as a nine. And what would that look like if I built that nine story out? What, you know, if I truly believe these things, what would that story be? And then you've got these two stories, one red light, one green light, one negative, one positive. And then all you do in every moment is you choose between one of those two. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have the red light story. It's always going to be there. This is the human existence. We're half negative, we're half positive, we're half dark, we're half light. Part of the secret of this process is being able to honor the dark and acknowledge it's there you just don't attach yourself to it anymore. You're choosing this new path. And over time, as you work through this, you're writing it down. In the beginning, it is tough. You know, the first 30 days of the practice of the formula are extremely difficult for people because it's something they've never done. It's the most people quit. And it's the reason why most people actually never change. But if you can push through it, and you start to develop the habit, it becomes much simpler for you and it's streamlined and it doesn't take you so long. And before you know it, it's like you're, you're literally already seeing the physical manifestation of different circumstances of your life because of this. All right, everyone. Well, listen, how powerful was that? You know, from time to time, this is one of the things I think to me that makes our program so different. In the Legacy Leadership Academy, we literally do live coaching every single week, coaching and accountability. The one thing that we hear from all of our students is, look, what I need is coaching and accountability. Like I've got information out the you know what. I've got notebook after notebook. I watch videos and listen to podcasts. Like I have my problems. I have too much information and that's your problem is you don't know how to sort it out. You don't have a clear plan. You don't know how to take action. This is one of the greatest values that we offer our students is the weekly coaching and support to help you start making progress to create the results that you want. So I love sharing these sessions with you. I really hope you get a lot of value out of them. Hey, let me know if you love these live coaching sessions, if you want to hear more of them, if you find them impactful for you, I'd love to hear from you. So anyway, with that being said, thank you so much for being here today. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. And a special thank you to Joni. She is an incredible, incredible leader. I'm so proud of her and everything she's created and, and proud of really what she represents in the world and her willingness to really be vulnerable and share. You know, I think that to me is really one of the best measures of a great leader is somebody that's not afraid to really do the scary work of looking at themselves and trying to get better. And that's a huge credit to her. So Joni, if you're listening to this, I love and appreciate you for being a part of our community. And thank you so much for allowing me to share this session with our audience today. I know they really appreciate it. So have a great day, everybody. I'll see you soon on the next episode.